0: Hey there, podcast listeners. We've got surfer-shaper Christian Beamish on this week's podcast, but before we get to that, let me tell you about the Boardroom International Surfboard Show. Coming to the Delmar Fairgrounds October 12th and 13th, and this year we're honoring icon of foam Bob McTavish. Bob's flying over from Australia to join us as eight shapers honor Bob McTavish by attempting to replicate some of his classic designs in our competition shaping bays. The Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks October 12th. 12th and 13th. We're very excited about it. And the California Gold Surf Auction taking place April 6th through April 20th. We do two auctions each year, one in the spring, one in the fall. California Gold Surf Auction. The preview catalog will be online sometime in mid to late March. For more information on that, go to auctions.com. And let me tell you about Surfing Village. I'll be going to the Telos Islands at Surfing Village, -village surfing-village.com to go to their website and check them out. Go there, use their contact us form. Mention The Boardroom Show or Scott Bass and you'll get a discount on your trip. Really great waves, empty surf, a beach break out there in the Telos. So you'll get reefs, you'll get beach breaks, lefts and rights, incredible accommodations. I wake up each morning, lift my head off the pillow and look at a perfect right reef spot known as pasty and incredible food. The crew at Surfing Village prepare such wonderful fish and chicken and curries and breakfasts, and it's just awesome. So great accommodations, great surfing and great food. Those are the three elements that you need for an incredible surf trip surfing-village.com. Go check them out right now. On to our podcast. Christian Beamish, enlightened soul, surfer, shaper, and as hardcore as they come, A craftsman that's grounded in history, always one to point towards the past as he looks towards the future. Great guy, great surfer, great shaper, Christian Beamish. Let us begin. Welcome to the Border Podcast, Christian Beamish. It's good to see you this morning. Thanks for being with us. We were talking, you were telling me about Santa Barbara this winter. How's the surf been this winter? It's been good down here, been really good in San Diego. Tell me about so far the San Diego or the Santa Barbara surf winter.
1: Yeah. Um, Rincon uh likes these these west swells and this uh I mean as if it's a secret spot, but I'm I'm thinking of the local boys going, don't don't give the data. But I mean, everyone knows, right, low tide, west swell. Actually, maybe people don't know the lower interval because we've had a lot of these like 14 second, you know, eight, six, six foot swells. And man, it's a, it really is a miracle the way all these different surf breaks, uh, you know, are configured. Um, And so, yeah, this year it's been really good. We've had a, you know, pretty steady offshore flow in the morning. I now live down in Ventura and um, it's been good down here too. It's, up, you know, 20, 25 minutes away. It's sort of like if you're in Cardiff, where would that be? I don't know, San Diego, I guess. More San Diego proper,
0: that yeah. sort of distance. It's funny. I I remember being in an NSSA contest at Rincon in, in like, I don't know, 85 or something. And, you know, they would have the contest up around at the beach break there, just north of Rincon. We'd all go down and surf the point between heats. And I remember Davey Miller was out at Rincon and he was just absolutely ripping as he does. But of course he was from Ventura. So guys were barking at him, you know, like carp guys or whoever was like, cause, cause Davey was catching his fair share of waves for sure, you know, and guys were barking at him and there were, you know, there were some hemming and hawing going back and forth. And, and I remember Davey Miller just basically screaming, Hey, Rincon's in Ventura, man, it's in Ventura County. So it's, I think the County line is Bates road right there. Yeah.
1: Uh they say it's it's the river. The Ventura guys would actually really work in it one. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was getting choppy. Yeah. I thought I was gonna have my morning of the earth.
0: No, it was a good it was a good try. I mean the whole aesthetic, good the whole try. vibe was good, but you know I'll actually yeah. have a
1: seat I can sit on.
0: Has anyone ever told you you look like Jock Sutherland? That was uh, Sutherland no,
1: but who did say, someone said, oh, someone said I looked like Dennis Quaid, but I think that's when I was younger. Now I'm just, because our little, uh, our little Moroccan moment. Thanks for your patience while I get myself arranged. Okay. I'm arranged.
0: Tell me a little bit about this photo I saw of you on a massive solid, what I would consider, I don't know, you tell me, but it looks like a 10 to 12 foot wave and you're pulling into the tube somewhere up there no need to name names but man that is a beastie barrel on your instagram that is i i would be stoked to to say that was me man good wave
1: yeah thank you um yeah that was uh you know there's in moments like that there's so many uh there's such a backstory to that one moment in terms of just kind of where i am in my surfing life the board i was riding um the circumstances that led up to being on that particular wave. Um, I guess I can start with that. Uh, that was the end result of about 50 minutes, five, zero of paddling. Um, I, it was just, you know, it was a really big, um, pretty historic swell and, and real pretty, pretty nicely formed. Some of them were just big kind of monster mush things just kind of rolling across the whole point, but a number of them would really hone and have a nice bowl, um, and there's there's a couple of different techniques you can do paddling out at at Rincon on a big day one is to go off the back beach but it's got like a on that day it was kind of like a Waimea shore pound you know like so I tried that at first and I made it eventually but like fortunately I didn't wear any of them on the head because they were just like guillotines hitting the sand just you know uh or knock your eyes out of your head really scary um I paddled out on that, the story behind that wave, I paddled out at the river mouth and there, and I kind of went through a whitewater paddled, kind of, kind of broke through another one and then just, you know, rah, just, you know, eight, 10 feet of whitewater coming at me. I was like, forget this, just through the board blah, 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 and just got swept. And I got about three of those. And then I was down in the cove, uh, before I knew it. And uh, an old timer once said to me, on a big day, what you should do is actually paddle like out to sea away from the point, which makes sense. The currents take you and just keep paddling until you're in that deep water. And then and then so that kind of echoing in my mind, I did that. But the only thing is there were these crazy ones that there's a shoal that I didn't know. Well, I did know existed because we got that giant swell with all the weather last was it just last year um about three quarters of a mile out you remember the um the famous greeno story of waves breaking out there we were seeing waves capping out there and rolling all the way through so ring proper was almost like a reform but as you say it was like a 12 foot reform uh like the white water was on top of a swell and then it would feel the bottom and and then you know So it took me a long time. I was way out there and just green and that kind of the layers of the ocean going like that. You would go under a swell and then, you know, and just, you know, and you think you're at the top of the point, but there's waves breaking further out and further up. So I just kept going and I'm, I was on sport. It's uh it's very San Diego and it's DNA. It's uh it's kind of like a speed egg. Um, I mean, I, I flatter myself, but like a, you know a, a f- kind of fry donald Takeyama sort of egg shape just i try and make them real clean and then i put these eight gutters just deep channels and a single fin with a smith parish fin the the fin is super neutral because of all the the jazz going on with the channels. so i, I want that that rudder in there um and it worked really well to have that big, hefty board to handle that water. Kind of like when you're surfing in Hawaii or just bigger, bigger surf. Um, in fact, there were only about 20 guys, 25 guys spread all over the point, And half of them were on shoreboards and they weren't even in the conversation. It's just, you could be a good surfer, but it just wasn't getting the job done the way the water was moving. Um, so I finally, I finally get way out there. And Another, another, the, you know, hundredth set of the day um, taps over on that outer shoal and, and, and it's like another big gob of whitewater on, a, on top of a big swell kind of coming at me. And it was like, I always replay, I'm like pretending uh, my whole life is pretend I'm pretending I'm like Derek donor, one of those, you know, awesome guys at Waimea standing on their board and diving off, you know, like, like, whew. So I had like my own life. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. Like I see a shadow and pretend I'm in the surf movie. I'm out of my mind. Um, and so I I did that. I didn't need to, but it was just kind of like, raw, big, big waves. And then I came up, kind of got myself together. And then in that whitewater track, all bubbly and weird, there's just a big swell that hadn't quite hit the reef out there. So it, it was fully intact, I guess you could say. And I was like, this one. And I spun and went. And just had a nice kind of like through that foam, really nice driving, fast drop, pretty nice bottom turn. And then like just a big kind of paneling, arcing turn. And then I came through that whitewater track into green water and then was standing. I was just kind of standing upright on the board and not doing a damn thing, but going mock, just skimming across this wall and looking down. I was probably, I was well above the river mouth when I took off. And at this point, when I'm standing there skimming across, like going fast, I'm looking down and watching the whole bend of the swell come into the, into the upper or river mouth into the cove. And, and I was thinking like Makaha bowl or something like I'm skimming along. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's all coming together. This one's good. And, and it started to feel the bottom and stand up. And so I kind of like, as I'm skimming, I sort of like let, like paneled over on the rail a little bit and then mid face kind of engaged one big bottom turn and then stepped forward and was just like, give it whatever it's going to be. I'm going to rush this bowl and then maybe get a bank. But as I hop forward to like commit to running the bowl, I saw it just go like. Way out in front of me, way the heck out there, and I was like, one thing to do, you know. And then I think that's that moment where I'm just like, oh, and the thing comes over, and it's just a chamber, just go oh, and so dark and chalky, and way out in front, there's this little eyeball, little eyeball, and I'm like, point to the light, and like dole tutor put your arm where you want to go <laughs> i'm kind of doing this number and it gassed inside like oh, it's still going it's breathed again and then a oh, second one and i'm like maybe maybe and i just got kind of vaporized into the into the ether and then uh and then dragged underwater like in a huge column of whitewater skimming the cobblestones i got a tiny little tiny little slice on my wrist you know and washed into the cove and uh you know, my buddies on the beach were like, "Sick!" You know,
0: that's amazing. What a great story, and what an all-time day of days, up and down oh. the coast. I'm I'm assuming that was like the 27th of December or the 28th. One of those two days that was all time. What um,
1: that day was um, was definitely the peak as well.
0: Yeah. Did you go back out after that, or were you like, okay, I'm? I that was
1: my sixth wave of the day, and it was wasn't it wasn't really quite on dark yet but it was late in the day and um let's see i had had three paddle outs and i think anyone who was surfing that day would go (laughs) that's good because the paddle out was you know some people got really lucky and cut right out and it was no big deal but it was big enough and a big enough playing field that there was no like paddling out and sitting and waiting for the wave there was no sitting it was all paddling the whole time so i was good
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure. It was, it was quite an uh, exciting time. Now well, I
1: down your I way. Get, oh,
0: well, I, know. I was going to say I I get I get anxiety about not making it out. You know, not about actually getting out and catching or riding the waves, which is the easy part. It's yeah. about not getting out when it's that big, especially. Well, it's very similar to huge Rincon, where there's you could do the walk of shame. There's, and a lot of people do. And by the way, there's no shame in that. There's, there, it's just a lot of it is timing. So do you have that anxiety sometimes when it's that big, when it's Mac daddy and you, there's guys that are just, you know, standing on the rocks after getting denied.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up because um, there's there, for me, there's two, two levels of anxiety. Um, But both of which I don't know how to deal with the one but the other I just felt like well I'll say it um the one level of anxiety is you know the big waves are coming and you're like you know it's going to be pumping and then I'm just starting to think just the stage of life I'm at I'm like on the one hand I'm gung-ho on the other I don't want to get injured or god forbid worse you know I got a family to come home to um you know who need me so I can't just be you know oh, he was a hard charging guy, you know, like, yeah, he left two kids, he, you know. Um, so there's that. But then the other thing um, that like took some little bit of surrender, um, when I first tried to paddle out, I, I I attempted the Waimea Shore Pound option, and absolutely got my ass handed to me, and court sort of blasted back to the beach. And I stood there huffing and puffing before I had even, you know, got out. And And I had this it was almost existential. I was like, Whoa, I really want to get out there, but maybe I can't. And like, physically, I cannot. I couldn't deal with those waves, especially on that board, but I wouldn't want to be anywhere near it would almost be worse on a shortboard, because then you could get in a position where, you know, and so the thought I had was, well, if the ocean's not, if I can't physically, then the ocean calls it like, I'm not meant to be out there. Um, and so I had that little kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know what, crisis but it was like some kind of appointment reckoned with age and and all that you know um but I was like well so I stood in the rocks and kind of kind of watched for my window and uh and and again and I got lit up again but um for some reason I like picked up my board like reeled in the leash came around and just put my down and uh and just like, like and made it um but then I got to the lineup and I was so just like, like breathing to hear, just and a perfect big one came and I was tired of everybody. I was in the spot and I was too gassed to go. And that kind of tripped me out too. I was like, geez, you know, just spin and go and work it out later, you know? But like, but then as someone else pointed out to me, let's say you do that, you're already fully gassed and you spin and go. Cause a lot of times when it's bigger, I know you've experienced this, like you get to the lineup and, you want to sit there for five or 10 minutes and kind of get out and you know see see what's what's running how it's working but isn't it the case you get there and 30 seconds later the best wave of the day that you would have comes and it's like yeah you've only been out there 30 seconds are you gonna go or not you know because here it is so maybe maybe the way to deal with that is to really have a game plan ahead of time really get ahead of time so that when you do get out there, if that wave comes, when you would rather have 10 minutes to acclimate, you got, you know, 13 seconds. That's what you get. And you go, you know,
0: <laughs> seems yeah. like
1: to happen a lot, you know, on a big, really good.
0: Yeah. Be ca- be careful what you wish for type of situation, you know. Um, are you doing anything to stay in shape besides surfing?
1: Well, yeah, I have uh, three cups of instant coffee <laughs> and I stand in a box and boards all day i'm fit as a fiddle um such a smart ass uh let's see yeah not really i will yeah. i walk a little bit pull some weeds i probably yeah. should got you know i'm all you you probably I, I know you're quite fit um surfing on the one hand i feel like gives us a strong heart in all senses of heart um and uh you know good wind and and all that but it's a lopsided activity isn't it like i feel my back's all like this you know and it, yeah so um i i really love i'm so inspired by uh felipe pomar and that just the, the idea of, of surfing into your life did you happen to see um see that clip of rusty miller somewhat recently surfing i guess it would have been uh where does he live he lives in byron i think and he was he surfed this you know four foot wave just so beautifully on a big old glider it's like rising up and falling with it and in trim line and just cooking it was beautiful surfing beautiful and I know he's been around through the through the eras you know
0: for sure what about
1: so I, I want to be like that so yeah
0: that's interesting because I'm always fascinated by people who stop surfing you know Rusty Miller's not one of those guys have you thought about your last wave
1: uh I'm sure like our uh last breath it comes upon us you know thief in the night kind of business you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know do you know when it's your last wave I I mean maybe if you you know if you opt to say that was the session I'm 60 years old and I've been surfing since I was 10 I'm on to this phase of my life I I guess that that would be a way I
0: uh is that scary I
1: I, I don't it scares me i mean i've got fears for sure uh you know uh, i think you taking it if you don't you know and like it's just there's a lot that comes at us in this right uh but um as far as like the last wave or quitting i uh i don't at this point i'm going to be 55 in the spring um and i i just enjoy surfing so much and i can see i've made a couple of boards I'm i'm glassing them right now that are, um, like nine, nine foot, they're out of the Ross and blank, the nine, three a. So they've got this like sunset beat, soccer, but I put like a, a, Pat Kern style nose on them and just they're neutral, they're clean. And they would allow, I think that that rusty Miller style of surfing, you know, like, like maybe just back from center or in the center of the board and, and just kind of hips and, and positioning and flow and man, it doesn't take much. I like riding all kinds of waves, even the little crumbly, cute little guys, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. can do it, I'd like to do it. I know an old, I know an old timer here in Ventura who said, man, his hips, cold water and it's cold, at, you know, when this wind is coming out of the Topa Topa ranges and sometimes there's a snowpack up there. So it's like, you know, 40 degrees in the morning and the water's 52 um he said his hips are really killing him you know and sometimes a little twinge or something and and so I can see you know I can see the guys might go post up down somewhere tropical you know and and keep at it that way more friends
0: yeah for sure um a friend of mine said don't surf in water that's colder than your age and there might be some truth to that
1: Well, man I guess I better pack up and move (laughs) on
0: Tell me about, uh, surfing Rincon on normal days, four to five to six foot days is, are the, are the carp guys still kind of owning the point? Is that, is that still, do they still have a stranglehold up there?
1: Yes. And I wish it were tighter, uh, you know, shout out the carp boys They definitely get theirs and, uh, and it's not vicious. It's not, you know, there's, there's no violence. It's just, uh it's an element of superiority. They're from there, they know it. It's like it's pretty amazing. Actually, the local knowledge. You would think Rincon's a machine like what's there to it. It's a perfect point wave, wait and jump on one and but it's like out of a set of three or four waves, there's one that really does it. They're all good, but one of them really does it. And typically, you know, it's uh you know, I don't know if I if if I start throwing out names, it's not that I'm like not wanting to throw out names. I just wouldn't want to in inadvertently no. miss somebody by calling somebody else out, but they no. know who they are. Uh most of the crew, you know, it's a self referential thing, but um it's pretty impressive, you know, to how well they know that wave. But that said, um it's a uh it's an accessible wave that if you have uh a game face and some paddling ability and this is one thing that i'm i'm struggling with there's a couple couple folks who seem to um i don't know maybe bring ball mentality to the thing not not like and and so so they'll paddle really hard and they kind of seem to be in the spot and like oh you're coming up with another one you know and and then and then they're doing like the and and i'll, I'll i'm you know, go into all the aspects of what I'm about to say but they'll go into this like uh, double pump thruster spastic routine and the thrusters an awesome surfing design I'm not here as the like retro guy to say oh thrusters suck or you know the modern guys suck that's not true they rip but a person who has uh, style strength flow and precision can express that it can be yoga beautiful yoga on a shortboard like someone like my friend Dan Malloy, as I was telling him, I was watching him surf uh, recently and I'm like, it's yoga. It's that kind of clicked. I was like, Oh, old guy. Uh, Not that Dan's old, but he's not as old as I am, but um, he's been at it for so long, but his surfing is so free and beautiful. And you think about someone like Tom Curran on a shortboard, you know, Um, it's beautiful surfing, but for the Joe, he can sort of see the videos and kind of try and do it his way. And there's a whole lot of wanking going on. And so it's a little bit galling to me who put to me and again, it's this is about me. So why should I be galled? You know, it's just surfing. But I put a lot of uh, value on style, on uh, experience, on respect, on aloha, on all of these things that con- uh that constitute any any kind of approach to surfing so i see the guy come out and far be it for me to claim local status at rincon i know i've been talking rincon and i got that Latin, that that big wave and everyone in this community has without fail been very kind to me you know as someone who's been living here for i don't know 12 years or 15 years or something not that long Somewhere between twelve and fifteen years. My daughter's twelve when, we, uh, when she was little, so I guess it is twelve years. Um, so I don't want to err on that side and be like the Johnny Come Lately Rincon local. I'm not trying to play that game. That said, I've been surfing joint for twelve years, and I know who's who. And I'll see, see these guys, and I don't don't maybe recognize their face, and then they're playing like Fifty Four Street games at Rincon. And like, like I, I'm not confrontational, but then maybe make sure I'm gonna go you know? And so it's kind of a fine line, you know, where do you, cause far be it for me to say how someone else should surf, but then like you're in a restaurant and someone's talking too loud, you know, <laughs> or bumping into people or making people uncomfortable. You know, what do you do? At what point do you go, Hey dude, maybe not have another IPA. I can settle it down, but then he's going to want to scrap and then, and then what, you know? Yeah. So
0: yeah, it's tough. It's, it's a tough gig. Sometimes there's no good. <laughs> Yeah. There's no good Surfing
1: yeah. uh, okay. elder.
2: When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. free. That's linkedinjobs.com/slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I mean the, the bottom
0: line is is that there's a lot of guys from down south that go up to Rincon to surf in the winter. I mean guys from down here in San Diego drive to Rincon. Of course guys in LA are gonna go up there and so, yeah, it's a tough gig if you're a local boy there and you got to see all these, you know, guys that are just kind of flying in. Uh, it is what it is. It's, you know, at the end of the day, um, luckily, as we get older, um, I know I can't speak for you, but I only need a few waves and I'm good.
1: I'm I'm that way, too. Yeah.
0: Tell me this. Definitely. Um, it seems like let's let's shift a little bit into surfboard design. It seems as if. Uh, the round pin twin fin has been sort of our surfboard du jour, if you will, for the past couple of years. Everyone's making these really beautiful round pin, kind of mid-lengthy 6'6 twin fins. And yeah. they're fast and they're incredible. Now, what are your thoughts on that design?
1: You know, when I first saw Torin Martin, I think like a lot of us, I think the first the first time I ever saw him was footage of um, him surfing cloud break. And he was doing his little garden gnome squat on the nose of a, you know, on one of those boards. What what is this thing this man is doing? It was kind of like when I first saw a lot of surfing on Elias, I was just like captivated and just really thought it was something. And then I started to see the rest of his surfing and started to see these boards from Simon Jones morning of the and, and it was kind of like a light bulb moment and i remembered and i i, I know you remember this i thought of kevin reed and the Pearson arrow surfboards circa 78 four mile santa cruz no hands four foot airs like boom you know twin fin pintails yeah and i was like that oh and then the channels oh the magic I'm all in. And I, you know, and I've been, sh- I've been shaping surfboards, you know, since like 95, but um always kind of keeping a day job and trying to figure it out. It takes a long time, you know? Um, and at the time, so this was about five years ago, I think when, when all this started to started to pop. And anyway, I was all in, I saw it and, oh, I had a shaping bay up at the farmhouse we were renting before we bought this place. Um, and I was like yeah that I love that surfing I love the ethos of that design. I think twin fins in uh, in general uh, I like to think of them as two single fins side by side because you know it's one red it's one fin that's doing the the work you know at any given time I mean the other I'm sure the other fin has an effect the tip is in there but if you're really shredding it's fully out of the picture it's one fin so then you know um and then what, what how does that inform single fin design is it, is it the ancillary or the continuing thought for me but as far as that round pin channel bottom twin love it it's killer i was all into it and i'm moving on um I'm yeah. happy to make those boards for people um I, and it's it's just a subtle thing there's not i i can't even point to an element in it that has me going well i like it but it's not even that
0: i think so, i can actually
1: oh i'd love to hear it yeah
0: I'd well lo- let, let me chime in real quick on a couple of things first of all yeah. kevin reed in santa cruz um i'm not sure who made his boards but i know that joey thomas up there was making those twin fin ra- and they weren't round pins they were more like round tails they were pretty wide
1: yeah no Were joey- like
0: you know brewer pintails. they were like you know california round tails um, so Joey Thomas for sure. And I'm not sure if Pearson was making those for Kevin Reed or not, but I know reason, that Joey Thomas was making
1: them. Maybe it was JT. If I've misspoken, I I
0: well, I don't know either. I, I, well, yeah. somebody else can inform us. I just know that Joey was making those boards because I would oh, see him down here in San Diego.
1: He's still he's still making killer boards in San Diego. Yeah.
0: And the other guy, especially here, was Gary McNabb. Gary McNabb was making those twin fins in right before the simon showed up with the thruster those were kind of this you know that there was like a six or eight month period where it was like that thing was insane and then all of a sudden the thruster just took over the world looking Um, back and so to then the second thing is um to sort of try to find a moment that we're like this board is great this twin fin round pin is incredibly fast incredibly loose and it really surfs well however me personally when I'm out on the shoulder with all that speed, it spontaneously combusts when I try to bring that board back into the source. So I have a problem with the roundhouse cutback. And this brings me to my next question for you, which is, um, and I think this is going to happen. I think surfboard design is cyclical. We're at that point where it's like cyclical. Like we were onto the twin fin round pin. Uh, before that, we were on the fish. Then, we, then the mid-length was mixed in there somewhere. And there's kind of all kind of homogenized into a mid-length twin fin round pin what's the next cycle understanding what the cycle was like in 81 yeah before the thruster like does that inform us
1: i think so my uh my view is this you probably know this photo too there's a photo in uh in the surface journal of simon anderson uh just about to paddle out and he's got a single fin under his arm, but it's basically, it's the thruster like a month before it became a thruster. And so that's where the plan shapes were going. Again, like I said earlier, the thrusters an insane design and it. There's a reason it has been the core of high performance surfing since Simon invented the thing. Um, But I think it's also true that we went all in on thrusters and forgot everything else, single fins, twin fins, just left it in the dust. And there's obviously been some pockets and some guys who held held on to their vision through that. But I wonder if you just think about all the evolution of design the thruster itself has gone through to like what was Andy Irons riding at the top of his career versus what Jack Robinson is riding today. They're different surfboards. Um, so how could we find the nuance in, in, a uh, you know, the, uh, Will Jobson style, um, twins which oh, I JT? I
0: think he just nailed it. That's, that's sort of my, um,
1: that's where my, you're going.
0: That's where we're going. I think yeah. is the twins because if you look at it, we went from, okay. MR and the twin fin and then the round pin twin fin, and everyone was in, enthralled by the speed and the maneuverability of the twin fin but we were also kind of put off by some of the spontaneous combustion that was happening with too much speed that we couldn't control the, the rails were maybe too boxy whatever yeah. and then we went oh my god holy grail is here the thruster thank you simon we're back to power surfing and surfing off of our back foot or whatever off of a center fin surfboard yeah and but simon it's not quite as loosey-goosey as and speedy as the twin fin i And so what happened is Glenn went and made a quad fin and everyone started going on to the quad fin. Like those that were looking for something between the thruster and the twin fin were like the quad fin is the answer. And of course the quad fin back then, they were glass on fins. People had a problem with the fin placement. They all didn't work great. And so that kind of had its moment and went by the wayside. But I think that what we're all searching for in the next cyclical um, moment that we're going to have here is more control the same loosey-goosey feeling of the twin fin but with more control in the past we went to the thruster and to the quad but i think the answer is the twins are and i'll shut up this is your interview not mine
1: but you know i uh you're you're a uh a surfboard scholar (laughs) and and the connections you have you are uh well informed it's really interesting to hear your thoughts on that um i like i like that a lot um who's our um Who are some of the San Diego current uh, practitioners of the Twinser? Um,
0: Stu Kenson is is sort of the main one.
1: Yeah. And Stu, man, it's so funny how masters, and I would put him in that class, uh, in my experience, I don't know if it's an open book. I I don't want people to be blowing up Stu, Um, but he shared, I asked him, someone wanted a Twinser from me and I was like, uh, scoop could you hook me up and he gave me the dimensions thank you Stu I mean so so cool but uh, just that idea of like sharing sharing the knowledge to sort of get it out to the people, open source I guess you know um I just that that's I try and share that if to the extent that I can if people ask me about things but um yeah so Stu is on it you know and and there there's a there's a a nucleus of guys I think that probably, he connects to, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I, I Stu could be better uh, teaching us here, but obviously you mentioned Will, Will Jobson's the guy at some point, Will was down in San Diego. Um, Stu was working with Rusty. Of course they made, they had that C5 project, which was basically like, let's take this twinser and let's do some more fun stuff with it. You know? So yeah. there is a line from Will, which <clears throat> Will was in Santa Cruz. Somehow he got down here he, I think Rusty just reached out to Will and said, Hey, come down here and show me what you know. Now, again, I'm, I, this might not, this might be false history that you and I are riffing on. This is how <laughs> I, I think it happened. It's been told to me, but I, you know, I don't have it written down anywhere. But, um, anyway, that's, I think, where Stu's lineage is, which is where you were going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. That is where I was going. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, for me, I need to get my head around the are a little bit more experientially. Um, I agree with you in principle. I think that that would be the the logical next step. And it it does take that sort of like uh, spontaneous combustion out. One thing that I found, though, in to get back to the round pin twin channel bottom, I've had these moments where like in the apex of a top turn, it's sort of like, it's got my read on what's happening is it's kind of, the, the rails are kind of s- straighter coming into the round pin and with the channels and the bigger twin fins, it's like a lot of torque and it just, it like hits the apex of the turn and then bucks. And oh, yeah. it doesn't really throw you off, but it's not what you're trying to do. And so you kind of go, you know, and then and then sort of recover. And then when you're in recovery mode, even if it's a minor thing, it's just a hiccup. You want it to be seamless. One thing I found helps with that, though, is smaller fins, which kind of dovetails to uh, uh, you know channel bottom knowledge. With uh, uh, you know Alan Byrne and Dale Wilson, to this day, um, they they make they well A B made and Dale Wilson makes the fins on a on a traditional Gold Coast channel bottom are smaller because there's some stuff going on with the channels so there's that um i uh i've been like well since doing this mid-length it's totally tongue-in-cheek but this mid-length for black belt which i'm really excited about like my my experience mid-length for black belts um and i built the thing for those days that i was describing at Rincon and c street here um I'd love to hear your thoughts on the mid-length for black belt. Uh. <laughs> High tide, offshore wind, surface tension. It would be like a Cardiff Reef moment. Would be like that too. You you have something you can paddle because your shortboard is not getting the job done. It's a th- it's a two foot wave and you're a grown man or woman. But there's text there's texture and surface tension, and so you drop in and you get that like that Duke of Honomoko gonna like. Hey Nalu you're surfing and then you panel over and drive just with what's available. You drive. And so that, that channel array grabs the water and like make, gives a little spice to what would otherwise be kind of a fun board moment. Stand up, dad, your way back to the beach. And so it gives you a little spice. That was the intention. Totally checked the box. I was invited by my, my buddies in Maine at Maine surfers union to come back for uh A hurricane swell this this September and we ended up you know over the hill and through the woods to grandmother's house like way the hell and gone someplace I I wouldn't even be able to get there I don't know where it was but it was eight to ten feet like that Rincon wave and just going and I had the mid-length for black belt and I'm like well I guess I'm going surfing that board with those channels and that design and that Smith Parish fin was just like, give me more. It was like so solid underfoot. It felt so good. And I was like, man, I love this board. And uh, I was like exclusively riding that board, which is like pretty much polar opposite to the twins high performance thing. But back to that often two to three foot morning scenario, maybe the twins is not the board for that either it's like low tide honing on the reef is the twins are moment right um but that said for me performance surfing and you see the air quotes um I'm really excited I've been on this quest the reason I started surfing or surfing well the reason I started surfing was because I love surfing but the reason I started shaping was uh because in 1995 I had been riding thrusters for a long time and came through the NSSA program. And I remember distinctly, I was in college at Santa Cruz and I remember distinctly standing up on a wave, realizing that I was bored with what I was doing. I was like, man, I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. I've been doing my, I've been trying to win my heat on my thruster in every single surf since I was 12 years old. This is boring. And even more so, I didn't have the connections I had Growing up in Newport, Pouch was making boards for me, and Mike Lytle, um, and so I was like, Whoo, I, you know, those guys were great," and especially of course Greg Pouch. Um, but up in Santa Cruz, I was just another transplant. I, you know, and the board, you know, like the boards, Flee and Barney, and all those guys were riding that just wasn't for me, and I wasn't trying to do airs. I was like, I started surfing in, uh, you know, in 1978, and so I was, I was informed by by that core and like that early newport thing um well early for me sorry i, I kind of lost the thread there for a second That's but okay. um uh, yeah. so up there this thin little boards wasn't into it and oh another little piece of the puzzle for me was uh i was in the philippines when i was in the navy and i was I on weekends i would just get a knapsack and just go and try and i just look at the map and go there's got to be surf here in this town and they've got you know, little jeepneys and buses, and I would just go out to the countryside. And I found this place, uh, geez, it's been so long. I can't remember where it was, but it was about a, you know, three hour bus ride from the U.S. Navy base. Um, and I show up on the beach and I look down the beach and uh, there's a surfboard in the sand on this white sand beach, jungle kind of point. And I'm like, oh my, you know, I mean, I had flippers. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a board at the moment. And it turns out it's this, uh, expat guy doing bamboo furniture and he had a brothers Nielsen single fin. And he, he was just, he, he was just such a surfer. So much Aloha. He's like, yeah, Mike, go surfing here. Take the, take the thing, you know? And it felt so good. And then we ended up being friends and, uh, and I would connect with him on the weekends and, uh, kind of badgered him over time. And I was like, can I buy that board from you, man? I love that thing. And he's like, yeah, all right. You know, so I, he sold it to me. So I had this, it was something like, it was something Michael Peterson would have ridden, like brewer style rail rails and just single fin. And so I had that board and I had these, um, these McCoys, these Greg pouches from circa 80, nine you know really nice rails nice round pin thrusters um but all the boards were those were starting to age and the you know circa 1977 single fin brothers nielsen was just a, a classic board that got stolen from me um uh but somewhere between those two that that was the surfing vision that's that's what i started started to try and shape so i started to make short short single fins. And truth be told, they didn't work very well. They just didn't. The ones at seven two worked really well. But like, you know, it's kind of Billy Hamilton style, like, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but but it's a more upright, you know, flowing style of surfing, which I really love. It's only now that I feel like my my ability to to shape a surfboard is and just kind of what I've learned in, in, in all this time shaping is um, I'm making this 7-2. And it's got a little sprinkling of what I've learned from that mid-length from Black Belt. A sprinkling of what I learned from early 80s um, design. Just like more surface area like is what that boils down to. And uh, and just what I've learned in, I don't know, the channel bombs. Anyway, I'll spit it out. I'm making these seven twos. 13 and a half inch nose so it's got it's not a full like a it's a a bit of a pulled nose they're seven two so they can absorb this width which is 21 and three quarters which is wide and then it comes back to uh 14 and a quarter in the tail but at seven two that 21 and three quarters doesn't look ridiculous like it would look maybe on a six two and and also i'm i'm like almost six four um, and 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 the rails aren't aren't super I did one with like super Brewer rails and I don't like it this I don't know who the rail would be maybe more Pavel but not like speedy dialer you know not not like that but it's just they're kind of down but they're not down railers. Anyway, long story long man th- this thing feels unreal like I can it's oh and it's an eight channel like like the midlink for black belt and I think what happens with the eight channels, is there's so much corrugation and they're deep channels that the Glasser's love me, Um, that there's enough lift and drive. Chuck Ames, Chuck Ames, how fortunate am I based on a conversation made a fin for this board. I was telling him what I was feeling with a combination of the Smith Parish and actually a Channel Islands uh, spicy. They called it that they made for one of their mid lengths that was, pretty good but not quite it for what i'm doing and then the smith parish is good in the in the middling for black belt but not in this more performance thing so chuck makes this like i should just go get the board and show it to you it's out in the car um like high aspect ratio um it really works and so so you can get the speed and flow you know i'm on a seven two and i mean anyway like full rail turns and like full like full drive. And and to me, it's like uh, Thornton Philander, you know, or that style, <laughs> like, you know, like that. Boxy You're pulling stance.
0: out some deep, that was a deep call oh, right a, there. That was a deep call. Know
1: it, you know it. Um, Look it up, youth.
0: <laughs> I want to say, say Lagundry Bay. Um, and
1: and I, I love that, like, boxy stance, which I don't have. I, because I'm so long and kind of uh, lanky, I sort of do this praying mantis thing to pull it all in. Um, but on a bigger wave, I like to like stand upright, like a little bit. I've really come to appreciate the, that Hawaiian bully boy style, like Eddie Aikau, that Jeff Devine photo of Eddie at sunset, that moment. I just look at that. I'm like, man, I want that stance. And I used to like, I used to be like, all scrappy, like, oh, I want to be like Curran and, and, uh, you know, and Shane Haran, like that style and i was kind of honestly like less in, into that whole like the hawaiian thing didn't resonate with me it resonates with me heavily now you know i am yeah. just fortunately Sweet. i'm up. you know
0: let me ask you this um as you may know uh we're going to be honoring bob mctavish this year in the icons of foam tribute to the masters the shape-off that we do every year at the boardroom show do you know bob have you met bob what do you think about um what do you know about Bob McTavish?
1: I don't know Bob and I hold him in the highest regard. We have I've I've never had the good fortune to meet him. Uh, but I feel some connection with him because and it's like totally distant, you know. Um and I I'll give my like my quick take on Bob McTavish, but the connection I feel is um I uh, I've gotten to know Matt Moore, you know, in in Carpenteria, another great shaper and surfer and his son ryan moore is one of those guys who just like
0: oh yeah yeah, like, yeah
1: oh like how first of all there's like 300 people out here and you're just sitting there in your little zen bubble and he makes the subtlest move and all of a sudden he's on the wave of the day and you're like what i didn't even see the damn thing coming and if it did i wouldn't have been in this spot but he is and he's such a beautiful surfer and you know cool yeah. dude all the yeah. way around And so his dad, I I was uh, I kind of talked to him whenever I get a chance and I was at his place and I didn't realize that um, McTavish tested the V bottoms at Rincon and built them. Um, Maury Pope, do you know that he was down the street literally from Matt and that had a big influence on Matt Um, and they and Matt watched him and the wilderness, guys build build the v bottoms and go down to Rincon and run them and yeah. I, that was uh like maybe tw- 13 like grom status but by the time he was in high school but he got as it turns out he was really influenced by just witnessing that but he went more into the the pintail sort of uh you know a brewer style minigun you know thing which he does masterfully and i think those boards still like on certain waves and certain times you bust out the you know the 7-eleven pintail and get your surfing on you know uh that pure line kind of thing but i have this thing uh that i call again totally tongue-in-cheek and inserting myself in surf history that in a way like i'm just a guy who really likes surfing i'm not on the level of joe Quig, obviously or or mctavish but i have In homage to those guys, I have this board that I do that I call the Malibu Sam. Someone I had a more complicated name, but some someone on uh, Instagram communicated. He goes, just call it Malibu Sam. And what I mean by that, the Joe Quig is the Malibu Chip nose. It's like that 1950s kind of full but pulled. It's just it's pretty sexy. And then it's a 17-inch tail with a 12-inch tail block and a and a sort of like elliptical tail and a big old like L flex, 10 inch L flex V bottom. And it's nine feet long and it's 23 inches wide. So it's quite rectangular. Um, not rectangular. It's all curves, but you get what I'm saying. And you just panel that thing and, and, Oh, and thin, thin rails. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of imagining magic Sam on the back end with a Malibu chip on the front end. And, uh, but yeah, and then McTavish, the the V bottom, and you know what what he did at at Honolulu Bay was really rad. Um, and so that's going to be so exciting to to see at the uh, at the boardroom show.
0: Who are who are some guys? Um, you know, uh, last year in the Best in Show competition. Of sort of an under the radar, well, an absolutely under the radar blue collar worker bee type of shaper from San Luis Obispo named Shea Soma won the entire Best in Show. Hey, so- and it was the bit. It was the most crowded field of um, entries into Best in Show we've ever had. There were some incredible boards, and I was so stoked that Shay won because he's like I said, he's not like this. He's not a guy that's throwing thousands of dollars into a marketing program. You know what I mean? Who no. are some of the other guys like Shay and yourself who are sort of understated shapers that are worthy shapers for the icons of foam? By the way, I don't select the shapers. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. I do not select the shapers for the icons of foam. I never have. It's always done by the honoree. In this case, Bob McTavish will be selecting the shapers. Wow. So but I'm just wondering if there's some guys that that fall into that sort of understated underground shapers that are worthy of being yep. um involved and I consider you amongst that group.
1: Yeah, I um thank you so much. That that is um that that's really nice. I I really appreciate it. I um you know, I endeavor to to really concentrate. I do the best I can, you know, and and uh and show up and concentrate and and you know, really I love making surfboards and I really want to make them the best that I can. Um, and in, and use, use the influences and the things that, that have stoked me and kind of blend them with some level of elegance in, into, the, into the thing that I'm doing, but uh, enough about me. Um, so Shay's awesome. Um, Shane Stoneman's better known and has his place in, in surfing rightfully, you know, well-deserved, he, he's one for sure. Um, and, uh, a guy who I shape with at Ryan Lovelace's, uh, place. Well, Ryan, Ryan is also well-known and man, he has worked so hard, Ryan Lovelace, uh, and really concentrated on his thing. And he's masterful at what he makes, you know? Um, but a guy who's with us over there, Michael Arenal, He's a, he's a Hobie shaper. Well, he's the winner of last year's. I, yeah, of
0: Hope, but I wonder he's, if he, yeah. he's. He'll be in it. He's the defending champion. He's an incredible I, shaper.
1: I was so stoked. You know what I said to him? I, I, cause we shaped next to each other. I said, you know, Hey man, don't, don't go into this. Like, Oh my God. Like I get to be in the, I said, you could win this thing. You could, t- you have the skill, you can do it. Just don't think about anything else, but the, the work in front of you something like that a little pep talk and he won it not me but i just felt so good that i had said that and he won it i freaked out when he won i was mm-hmm. really obviously i mean don't need me to say it he's he's obviously won um there's a, a a guy in ventura who i got to know through jeff Hull, um dustin baker and he he has a label called jupiter surfcraft and mm. he's barley because his shapes are really nice and good. Um, and he glasses and he's like a high-level glasser, like sander color guy. I mean, so it's it's pretty impressive. I'm I'm impressed by what he does. Um, two other guys. Yeah. My good friend in carpentaria and one of the cart boys, aka Matt Moore, who's just like, what? Where did that wave come from? Spencer Davis insane shaper he made Connor coffin coffin um a pipeline board uh that he got an insane second reef wave on so uh spencer davis is unreal um and also a young fella up in santa cruz a friend of mine uh jonah Reimers, and he's got the joey thomas connection he's good friends with richard schmidt's son uh richie schmidt And uh, he's got the JT connection and and some uh, Jobson influence. And he is making these boards that are very much in that vein you're talking about. Twinser influence. I don't know if he's ready to let the cat out of the bag. So I don't want to say too much. Yeah, But got these plan shapes. It's all about like this seamlessness. Short, but it's kind of the opposite of what I do. I'm going longer, single fin channel bottoms, like you know circa 77 cole smith is my patron saint um uh yeah uh, enough on that for the moment um but he's doing the opposite the kind of shorter narrower noses wider hips held together with a very unique fin array we're gonna mark my words jonah rhymers <laughs> he's coming on he's awesome. all right
0: cool good yeah. i i mentioned that that You know, in in some regards, um, the surfboard game has become sort of a marketing game more than um, actual craftsmanship. Yeah. Um, There's uh, the Stab in the Dark competition, which I think is real. I love all the things that Stab does with surfboards in the surfboard space. There's also the electric surfboard acid test. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, what are your thoughts on the surfboard game being the marketing game how much how much of it is the marketing game is the surfboard game actually 75 percent marketing these days
1: I wonder I <laughs> definitely wonder about that and I try not to like lose sleep over it because you know it's like what are the things you can control you know I, I can't control whether other anyone does. Um, uh, I think there's definitely a huge aspect of that. And there's always the moment, um, like on the beach, when you see the guy with the board, and it makes you wonder what was the thought process that process that led to this moment? Or what was the apparatus that put the guy in that wetsuit with that board with that GoPro mount on the nose? the whole kit you know you're like what what goes on here you know (laughs) what what is this you know not to mention the guy and i i don't know why like anybody can ride anything and it's not my call but on a classic pumping day to paddle out on a rasta colored wave storm is like i just i can't go there i i i cannot accept that um but anyway, back to the marketing game. I think it's uh I think it's gnarly. Um there was two other guys I wanted to add to the list uh here in this area. They're um up up by um uh UC Santa Barbara, they're Goleta guys, Jeff Saboda, who's um pretty well known and uh Joe Joseph Yi. Both of those guys, masterful shapers. And again, like Dustin, master shapers master Glasser's and Sanders. They, <clears throat> they've got the whole kit and amazing surfers too. But Jeff Savota himself, you know, his board ended up uh, referenced on the cover of uh, surfing, mag- surf- surfing magazine, surfing magazine, RIP, the surfers journal, um, that offshore wind, the guys taking off on a sliver of fin. That's another buddy of mine, uh, Simon Murdoch, who's, you know, kind of one of our core guys up here. He's so stylish and so gnarly, just like, hungry for, for the fall line, you know, he's just, he's awesome. Um, but Jeff Sabota said to a buddy of mine, he goes, it's, we, we were all kind of like tripping out on, on these boards that are coming out. We're like, Whoa, how is this happening? And and he's like, man, it just, it's a popularity contest. That's all it is, you know? And if that's the case, I guess I'm doing all right. Because that, that, that wave that I got, got a lot of attention and my Instagram's going, you know, and i you know, I try and be, I I don't want to be a lunatic. You know, I want to be like, I think I'm getting to know myself, still getting to know myself. And I think we're in a process of evolving, but I want to be who God intends for me to be. And so I hope that I represent myself in my, in, in my truth, if not the truth, you know what I mean? Like, so I do my BOD report on 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 the gram right and you know sometimes i'm like man am i just doing this like silly song and dance thing a little bit but you know me that's kind of my personality i think i i'm trying like what am i doing when i do that well i'm trying to show these surfboard designs that i'm excited about um i think i probably spend a little bit too much time being concerned how the other person feels and like Wanting to make everyone feel okay. Like that, that's kind of my own like psychological trip out. But, um, and I think that comes out in my personality. I'm like the nice guy, you know, and that's kind of a defensive setting, actually, you know, if I'm going to be yeah. real.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's good. It's good. We, we spoke a little bit earlier about the surfboard du jour and we kind of went off on a tangent. But what I was yeah. trying to get at is, What do you think is the next surfboard du jour? What's the board that these guys that are the marketing guys in the surfboard game, what's the board we're going to see kind of ubiquitously across the field, much in the same way that we have seen the, the, the twin fin round pin, the mid length twin fin round pin. Yeah. What do you think Uh, that board is? Which is, what is that board?
1: I wonder, I, 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 my, my short answer is that that I I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I I I don't feel strongly enough about any one sort of trend or like direction to be able to articulate what I think it'll be six months, a year and a half, three years from now. Um, that said, I hope whatever it is is grounded in function because um, we've gone down we've gone down some, in my opinion some paths that have helped held us back i think surfing for all of us civil well i don't think i'm a civilian i'm 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 in the core army i'm gonna i'm enlisted in the core army maybe i've even got a commission i'm a commissioned officer (laughs) uh um but for the civilians they were (laughs) they were led astray i'm sorry by kelly slater's board and i'm not taking a damn thing away from the goat when i say that and tom curran I was trying to, you know, show show Tom Curran my my core surf surf opinion one time. I was like, yeah, you know, th- thinking I was talking to a sympathetic ear, I'm telling Tommy, I'm like, yeah, you know, those boards in the 90s, all chipped out and thin, too narrow. Yeah, that wasn't for me. You know, I'm a flow guy, kind of in the word. I didn't say, like you, Tommy, guys like us. And Tom Curran, you know, he kind of waits a beat. He's like, yeah, but those boards let us ride deeper in the barrel than we ever had before and i'm like yeah i don't know shit, do i um
0: <laughs> classic <laughs> oh,
1: no. and obviously kelly slater can ride them and the waves that kelly slater rode him in you know it all makes sense he's gone through some evolutions in his surfboard design too so like i'm not i'm not trying to you know throw shade on the king that said i'll throw a little shade do we really need wave pools and thailand manufactured surfboards i don't think so um (laughs) we could have that conversation um i'm more on the wendell berry side of things if you know what i mean i feel like that's a future tech thing that is like nature replacement and i don't like it you know i'm the guy who's gonna like weed this hillside with a like a hand cutting thing but that is better That's better than the weed whipper. The weed whipper is loud. The weed whipper spews gas fumes all over the place. I'm up there cutting the weeds in a deep meditation. I'm riding a single fin, baby, with channels.
0: (laughs) We've said a lot. And I feel like that was like the exclamation point on the interview right there. That was epic. That was great. So Christian Beamish. Thanks. It's always fun. You're a friend of mine. It's always fun to catch up with you and chat with okay. you. And um, I look forward to talking to you soon in the near future. I appreciate you coming on the podcast this morning. Okay.
1: Thanks a lot. Talk to you okay. soon.
0: Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. A song Dickie Best wrote from our second album uh, in memory of Elizabeth Reed. Uh, one, two, one, two, three.